Man, do I have to paint it? Man, I tell you what, if there's one thing that I cannot stand is having to paint something. Well, hey, on today's episode, I'm going to tell you everything I know about painting a smoker. You're listening to the Barbecue Culture Podcast. Hey, fellas, thanks for uh, listening here. I tell you what, I have built a lot of smokers. And, you know, the one thing about building smokers that, you know, inevitably you're going to have to do it. At some point down the road, you know, whatever, you're going to get this awesome machine built and it's going to look amazing in the shop and you just love the way that thing looks with just plain old metal and then you got to paint it. Well, you know, I'm, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm colorblind, so I have a hard time anyway with paint and so it typically winds up being the prime colors for me. Uh, purple don't exist, you know, although I did paint. I did do a purple pit one time, but we won't talk about that. So anyway, as a matter of fact, I did a pink one too one time. But so anyway, the, the thing is, is that, you know, whenever I'm in there and, and I go ahead and I come up to where I'm going to paint this pit, then I got to choose what kind of paint am I going to use? Am I going to use a rattle can? Am I going to do HVLP? Am I just going to tap out and submit and take this thing to Powder Coat Man and just let him take care of it? Um, maybe I want it to be a slick paint job and I decided that I'm going to pay somebody at the body shop or something to do it. So, well, you know, we all wrestle with that. And, uh, you know, the one thing I'm going to tell you is that it's your pit. Don't get so hung up on what everybody else wants. Do what you want with it. Whether that means that you're going to paint it black or clear coat it or just like plain old what it is right now and just clear coat it. Or if you're going to go out there and and uh wet sand this thing and put an etch on it and uh you know do you get all the primer going and all that and do a good paint job you know just you decide what you want it to look like um but let's talk about like some basics for surface prep because that's that's the that's the hard part about painting 99 percent of all problems with your paint job is gonna have something to do with surface prep. So when I'm gonna put a slick paint job on something, because I've done quite a bit of quite a few pits with good paint jobs that I did, you know, with an HVLP paint gun. And uh, you know, HVLP, I keep throwing that term around. That means high velocity, low pressure. That's like what the professional body shops use. You see the guy in there with the Tyvek suit on and he's got the little mask and he's got the gun in his hand and you know, it's like a gravity feed gun and it's got, you know, like this air hose hooked up to it and all that. And he's all looking scientific about laying that paint down, you know. Well, so I've done a few pits like that. And the hardest part is, is first of all, in the details, you're going to take your hand and you're going to feel for rough spots on the whole pit. Like this is like, we're done welding you know, now we're starting to shop back out the in, all the inside where all the welding slag and the, you know, the BBs and all that stuff and the grinder dust is, you know, we shop vacked it out, you know, we're trying to get all the dust off of it. And now we're to the point where we're going to take our hand and we're looking at the detail on the outside of this thing. And we're going to wipe our hand over every surface and have a little piece of flat bar is my favorite thing to use. Just get, just a piece of inch and a half wide flat bar that's got like you know just kind of don't put it sharp 
but put an edge on the end of it and you know get a little ping and hammer not not a big frame and hammer or a two pound hammer nothing, just something little and you know take your hand and wipe over and everywhere you feel bbs or any kind of a rough spot just take that flat that piece of flat bar and take the sharp end of it and just kind of just scrape is all it's going to take you're not going to have to do much and then when you get into a corner like where the where you did a fillet weld or um like you welded a hinge or something onto the pit you know you're going to take that and try to get in there as close as you can but if you got a uh like a, a place where your wire started and it's it's rough right there but you can't really scrape it off then you're going to take like a center punch or you know i used to use a little nail set like just a little old cheap old nail setter punch and you know get it down because those are pretty sharp get them down in there Take that little tapping hammer and just kind of just tap that and it'll just ping right off of there, you know. Anyway, and what you're going to do is just go over this entire pit like that and just get rid of all of the rough surfaces. You might get into a place where the metal has a gouge or something in it. Like maybe you were using a slicer disc on a Metabo or something like that and you might have got a little wild with it and you made a little bit of a, a gouge there, you know, or you dropped a, a heavy hammer down and it might have got the the sharp edge of the hammer might have hit it you know you're, you're going to want to take like a flap disc and when we say that we're talking about like a four and a half inch grinder it's got this special kind of a grinding disc that looks like a whole bunch of layers of sandpaper like heavy grit sandpaper like you know 40 grit 60 grit that are laid on top of each other that's a flap disc and it doesn't flap around it just we just call it that but you're going to take that and you're going to use it and just kind of feather edge the the you know the dings and stuff out of it so we've went over this entire pit you know we got our welds cleaned up you know you might have took a wire brush or a wire wheel and went over some of those you know spots where your welds are and stuff like that the next thing we're going to do is is take a uh, you know some kind of a good lint-free rag of some kind you know like a microfiber or something don't take it from in the house go down to lowe's or you know the local paint shop or something like that and get the you know get the cheapest ones you can but make sure they're lint-free and you're going to get this jug of stuff i i like to get you can get a quart or a pint or a gallon size either one but I like to get this stuff called wax and oil remover. And what that is, it's going to smell like lacquer thinner, but it's not as caustic as lacquer thinner. Matter of fact, it's, it's uh, you know, you can't even get paint off with it. All its job is, is to just wipe over the, the entire surface of that pit and get all the oil from your hands you know the any waxes from the material you used um any silicone uh you know like when you're making your weld puddle and stuff like that you'll get this glossy stuff that'll build up in the weld you know you want to get all that off of it just bare clean metal with no oils or silicones or wax or anything like that on it and and you're going to wipe it off real good with this and put some elbow to it and that's going to prevent a thing problems with your paint like when you lay it down called like fish eyes and stuff like that you're going to get all that cleaned off okay so now we've got like a good you know wax oil free surface to work with so the next thing we're going to do is take like 
you know, I, my favorite thing, there's a million ways to do it. My favorite way to do this is either get an orbital air sander or like a random orbit or a regular orbital, uh, you know, electric sander, something like that. And I like to get the kind of pads that are either like the Velcro kind or that's got holes in them or the, the self stick ones. And you're going to put, you're going to put a fresh pad on there. And, you know, I don't like to, all we're going to do is etch. So I, I don't really like to get this thing wet or nothing. I'm just going to take that sander and I'm going to go over every flat surface on that entire pit. You know, there's no point in trying to get your hinges with it or nothing like that. Just, just hit all the flat surfaces. We're going to try to get the biggest part of the flat surfaces done with this. The next thing we're going to do is get our, get a piece of that paper in our hand. And we're going to go around all the court crevices and corners and places that orbital sander couldn't get in. And we're, what we're doing is we're giving this surface a scuff. Um, I prefer both with the sander and by hand. I prefer to use like a either a 120 grit or a 220 grit, just depending on the kind of metal I'm working with. Um, if you're using like hot roll metal, you know, you might want a little more uh, aggressive, like a 120 grit. If you're using cold roll, like on a lot of these barrels and stuff that we sell, um, you know, the cold roll, you can tell the difference between hot and cold roll because hot roll metal will be like a dark coating on it, but it's not painted. That's just from the heat process. And then cold roll is going to be shiny and people always mistake it for stainless, but it's iron, not stainless. So um you're going to go ahead and wipe over with whatever grit you're going to rough this up with that sander do it by hand in the sharp corners places you can't get to too easy and then we're going to take and just blow the whole thing off with an air gun get all the dust off of it then we're going to wipe it down one more time with this wax and oil remover so you want to wipe it down then do the etching with your sander then we're going to wipe it off again. This is going to take a lot of time if you're if you're doing it, but you will not regret doing that kind of base prep on your material. So now we've got it ready to do something to it, right? Um, not all paint needs primer, you know, so it's really important to know what you're working with. If you get a rattle can paint from Lowe's or Home Depot or whatever, you know, parts store you go to. The rattle can paint's fine. There's not a thing wrong with it. Read the directions because not all paint needs primer. Um, we used to use the Rust-Oleum high heat, just satin black that you get in a quart can. And that paint will not be friendly with a primer. It, it doesn't work. You just don't even bother. It wants, it's self-etching is what they call it. So we manually etched this pit and give it something for this paint to stick to. This paint has a has an agent in it that's going to chemically etch the material a little bit to get the paint to stick. What you need to do is make sure that whatever paint you decide to use, read the directions on it. Um, some paints, like I'm saying with the Rust-Oleum, it's self-etching, you know, don't require a primer. So what you're going to want to do is if your paint says it needs a certain primer, make sure that you get exactly that primer. Not all primer and not all paint work together. Um, I know for a fact that like if you use a Rust-Oleum primer and you get a dupli color paint 
to top coat it with, then you're going to wind up with this weird reaction. Like the, the primer will go on and you'll let it cure. Let's say you let it cure up to 30 minutes um, before you go back out and spray it again. And what will actually happen when you paint it with the other paint, it will literally like act like a stripper. It will, it will shrink up the paint and it'll bring the, the primer. It'll wet that enough and make it release from the, from the, the metal. And you'll see this wrinkly thing happen. And, uh, you know, that's not good. So you want to make, make sure you use the same brand of primer and paint and make sure that they match what the, what the back of the directions on the can says. So if you go and you want to put a really slick paint job on something, then you're going to want to go up here, like to the local body shop guys, they're going to fill you full of knowledge. Um, I'm thinking about like the local, uh, body shop supply here is, a, is, uh, they're a franchise or whatever, but they distribute the PPG brand of paint. So you can go in there and get custom colors mixed. You can put pearl coat in it. You can do metal flake. You can do all this crazy stuff with paint. You can do, uh, you know, single stage and two stage and all these crazy stages of paint. You can spend the world, you can spend the world of money and on the paint you buy. So those guys are going to be able to tell you how to work with that exact paint. There's things called hardeners and activators. And, uh, you know, all these other things that you got to do, you thin it, you know, these other things you got to do when you're mixing this paint. So you'll get like a quart of paint and then you'll get like another pint of this activator slash hardener stuff. And then you might even get like some other junk you got to put in it to kind of thin it, to make it lay better. So it's best just to talk to those guys and figure out exactly what kind of paint that, uh, you know, what marries up with each other. Um, and then, you know, the last thing I'm going to tell you is whenever you're spraying, it's very important to clean the room you're in. Some guys don't bother with it, but I'm telling you it's Murphy's law with me. I'm going to go in the shop and I'm going to spray a bunch of paint on some stuff and the welding dust that even though I cleaned that shop and I used a water hose and I wet it down, all the welding dust and the wood dust and everything I can't see is going to come out of nowhere and it's all going to land on my cooker right before I paint. And then I'm going to have this rough paint job. It's going to have junk in it. So you want to take extra precautions with this. Um, it's better if you, you know, like make a canopy around what you're spraying in, you know, if you're in a dusty, dirty environment, try to wet the floor down, clean it real good maybe get a, a frame of some kind put up and hang some, some heavy plastic over it, you know, something to keep the dust for out. Um, you know, if you live on a gravel road or whatever, you might have some issues with this. Um, you know, you could also, uh, just close the building up and just blow the, you know, blow all the walls off with an air gun, whatever, you know, sweep the floor real good, mop it, you know, just take extra time making sure that you got all the dust cleared up. Um, you won't regret it. And then, you know, the last thing is, is make sure you are doing it safe. I mean, you need a well-ventilated area. Um, and also, you know, dust masks are fine, but if you use a respirator, you got to make sure that 
like that it's safe for you to use. If you have any kind of breathing trouble at all, you may not want to use a respirator because some like there's actually some some uh, you know workplace safety laws in place about um, respirators and some testing and certification that you're supposed to have to commercially use these things. So just be really careful. Um, if you have breathing troubles or anything like that, you may not want to use a respirator. You may want to just try to just keep a fan running and, and keep it well ventilated and stuff like that. Try to protect your area from dust as much as you can. Um, you know, just those kind of things. Um, anyway, give yourself plenty of time. Don't get in a rush. Um, you know, give it, don't, don't get too antsy to get in there and touch it and feel if it's dry. That's just no point. Give yourself a couple of days and let it dry before you try to put it together. So anyway, I hope this helps. Um, sorry for my crackly voice. I've had a cold for a couple of days, but you know, I'm, I'm wanting to get something out to you here. Now I tell you what, if, if you're new to this pit building thing and, and you're looking for where's the best place to start, I know I want to build my own pit. I, I need some help figuring stuff out. I got two options for you. If you know how to weld or you have buddies that know how to weld or something like that, you might want to go over to www.smokerplans.com. I'm giving away a free set of plans, and it's one of our most popular pits. It's a 24 diameter, 48 inch long reverse flow smoker with a warming cabinet and a square firebox. And this set of plans, I'm telling you, there's been a lot of people build this pit. Um, I've built several myself, and it's it's my it's one of my favorite pits. But the reason we picked this set of drawings is because you can get the materials are relatively inexpensive. You can get them anywhere. And the only thing you need to know is is how to weld. And if you don't know how to weld, we can teach you that. If you go to smokerbuilder.com and then go to our forums, smokerbuilder.com slash forums, there's tons of information on there about how to weld, how to fabricate, and things like that, as well as a community full of people that can help you. And, uh, you know, if you don't want to deal with the welding side of it, I got one other opportunity for you. If you go to smokerbuildermfg.com, that's smokerbuildermfg.com, that's our main website with all the parts that we manufacture for you to build your own pit. You know, you can go on there and you can buy several different kits, and these kits are all the welding's done for you already. They literally just bolt together. It's our famous ugly drum smokers that we make. If you've got any questions about this stuff, just go on over to that website, and there's a little blue messenger button at the bottom where you can chat with me or Tom, or you can call us, 573-612-1315. Hey, everybody, I want you to light fires and cook something. Peace out. Have a great weekend, and uh, God bless. We'll talk to you later.